Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined as always by Brendan Menapace, Senior Digital Editor. Brendan, how you doing? How was your uh, Labor Day weekend, man? My Labor Day weekend was awesome, and happy belated birthday to you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. A little on-air happy birthdays. They, yeah. They're always nice. Um, hopefully, uh, you didn't labor too much on your, your Labor Day weekend. I, I did not I do much of any laboring at all, so... That's good. That's a success. Yeah, I think I did it just right. Well, we're back to laboring today. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed their weekend, had some some nice uh, time to spend with your families and uh, also not laboring. Um, our guests on for this episode are Miles Lovegrove and Kyle Scott of Fluid Branding. It's a UK-based promotional products distributor. They recently launched a terrific new program called A Tree With Every Order, which is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, for every promo order they receive, they plant a tree on behalf of the customer. Uh, but there are a lot of layers to it, and you'll see this is much more than just saying, yeah, we're going to plant some trees. Uh, the level of detail and planning behind this and the way that fluid branding is communicating the impact of the program is really fascinating. Um, Miles and Kyle joined the show to tell us more about how the program works, how it got started, the environmental and business benefits of being a certified B Corp, and you know how this all fits into the promo industry's ongoing battle against this reputation for wastefulness, which we've seen come up time and time again. I mean, we just had the New York Times story that you covered, Brendan, about the uh, the cotton tote crisis, which ends up ended up being maybe a little bit overblown. Yeah, uh, not much wrote. of a crisis at all, really. But not much of a crisis. Know. Maybe a crisis of misinterpreting statistics, but. <laughs> uh, but anyway, stick around for, for our interview with those guys. Um, before we get there, as always, a couple of news items I wanted to get into into with you today, Brendan. Uh, it was a long holiday weekend, so if, if everybody was busy barbecuing, there was some, some good promo-related stuff that snuck under the radar, maybe. Um, the first one was, and I really love this, the, the Washington Post had a story about a public library in Washington, D.C., that raised $100,000 from sales of a t-shirt that reads, uh, what's more punk than the public library? Hmm. So uh, apparently the shirt started as a gag gift that um, some supporters made for the president of this nonprofit that that you know works to support the library. Um, the organizers thought that they'd sell like 50 shirts and they ended up selling 7,000. Uh, people in 21 different countries purchased the shirt. Um, as we it's covered a pretty on, universal appeal, you know? Right. And as we covered on the last episode, if there's one thing punks love, it's spending money on t-shirts, right? So this, this fits right in with the, the gospel of punk. The only thing missing, I thought, is since it's in DC, they should have had like the the minor threat sheep or something like that yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, really, they bring in the local ties. Yeah. There. Um, or maybe, what is that, the the Bad Brains album cover with the, yeah, with the, the Capitol? With the Capitol <laughs> But like onto the like the DC library. Yeah, perfect, dude. Yeah. Now we're talking. We're, Look, we're DC cooking up library, some ideas. Hit us up. We got ideas. <laughs> um, just to be clear, I think the only thing more punk than the public library would be like loitering outside the public library, listening to Rancid too loud or something. I don't know. But the, the yeah. public library on its own is close. I mean, it's you know public access to information and uh, equality and and all that stuff that that punks fight for. Um, I thought this was a really cool, fun story. Uh, just nice to see. Anytime you, you, we see these pop up, you know, 
from time to time where it's like, oh, we started this fundraiser. We thought we'd sell 25 shirts and then we went viral and we sold thousands. It's, yeah. it's always really nice. Yeah. And especially when it's for a good cause, it's always good to see, you know, things like go way beyond the expectations. Right. Yeah. This wasn't for like a, I don't know, a political campaign or something where you're like, no, well, those, those guys have library. all the money anyway. Right. It's the library. I mean, that's you can't a cause. Be against that, like, the library. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're, if you're anti-library, then just turn this show off right now. We, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. We, <laughs> We're a pro library podcast. We are the, the, uh, the promo industry's foremost pro library podcast. Um, that was a good one. Uh, that, that, like I said, that was one that I, I didn't catch up to until today when I was doing a little uh, news hunting. Um, the other one that I wanted to get into was um, Lord, the, uh, the greatest singer-songwriter of this or any generation. <laughs> uh, we are also the, the promo industry, industry's foremost uh, pro-Lord podcast. I should get that out of the way here. Um, there was, uh, I saw that her, the merchandise that she released for her new album, Solar Power, um, she worked to make it as eco-conscious as possible. Um, which that ties in with our interview that we're going to get to in a couple minutes here. But um, she actually did not release any physical CDs with this, uh, with this record. Um, instead, she, it's just digital and vinyl, but she also put together, you know, with her, uh, the merchandise company, which is, let's see, everybody world, I believe they're called based in LA. Um, she put together what she's calling, uh, let's see, what is it? Music, music boxes. Box. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, she said on her Twitter, um, it'll be the same size and shape as a CD and you can buy it where CDs live, but this is something totally different. If you're torn on which hold in your hands, flip through the pages thing to buy to best enjoy the album. Honestly, I'd go for the music box. So I don't know if there's any actual music in it. looks like there's a picture disc. Um, so maybe there is, um, some uh, poster and some kind of uh, like printed collateral, you know, marketing stuff or you know, whatever album liner related and all that. Yeah. Liner notes, all the stuff that you might get with a vinyl record, but in the size of a CD. And it's kind of cool that she's, it looks like they're selling it in CD stores uh, or where, you know, in target where you buy CDs, maybe it's there. I don't know. Uh, but that was one aspect of it. And then um, looks like all of the merchandise is created with, with that in mind. Um, yeah, it it's, looks like it uses a hundred percent U.S. grown cotton manufacturing waste. Um, the this uh, merchandise company that she worked with, she calls they, they, they call these uh, shirts. They're from their trash collection, so I guess they recycle it. Yeah, uh, reclaimed and recycled materials, which is is nice. It's cool that you know they're you know this album obviously not to get too deep in the music aspect of it. There's a lot of like tie into like southern california style so it's cool they're doing the whole like ocean cleanup minimizing trash and all that but you know you you gotta think that for they're missing a great opportunity since she's from new zealand they could have you there like there's like a million sheep in new zealand they could have <laughs> they could have had new zealand cotton for all the apparel but you know this is why i'm not on lords once again too. we're coming up with all these free great free ideas yeah. <laughs> Well, next uh, well, yeah, the album's called Solar Power too, which yeah. you know. So I think I there's like that's. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. That's maybe the obvious tie. I think that's too, way too, too obvious. obvious but right I didn't up think top. about it. Yeah, um, merch looks really good too. It's got the, the kind of like retro um, vibe that that you know Lord has has gone for in the past, but really fits with this album and the the uh, the, 
cover and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was nice to see. And we've seen this before. Um, there's a bunch of musicians and artists who are doing this. What was the other one you covered uh, a couple of years back? Maybe. Oh, the 19th, oh yeah. The 1975. 1975. They were, if you could, if you had an old shirt, rather than just buy a new one, you could take your old shirt and they would screen print over it to make it up to date for like, that's whatever, right. like the latest album or tour was, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. And then, uh, I think you had like, I don't know if we cover this Dave Matthews band, our favorites. They, uh, <laughs> I think that they, they sell, uh, journals that are made from like recycled band posters or something. So that's, that's another cool, uh, way to tie in the sustainability angle on music merchandise, which is you know probably not a place we see a lot of this going on in, in general. So it's nice to see it yeah. maybe on the rise here and someone as high profile as Lord doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely down with it. And like it, there's definitely a shift towards, you know, sustainability that that's been going on for a while. That's nothing new, but it's cool. It's always cool to see big name people do this when there is such a, especially since now more than ever merchandise for artists is so much more uh, important to see them rather than just going the quick route of like, here's a million teachers we pumped out rather like take the time to think and do it right. And like show some commitment to sustainability. Right. It's much more intentional. And again, that's, that's something that, you know, the, the, uh, fluid branding guys are going to get into in a little bit here. Uh, you know, making it intentional and having a real strategy to it and not just, you know, the, the greenwashing part of it where you're just yeah. saying you're going to do something green, really put you're the, walking the walk. Exactly. Um, and Lord said, I like the way that this, that she communicated this. Um, so the prices are a little bit higher for these things as they tend to be uh, for, you know, recycled and, and more eco-friendly garments. Um, she said, I know the prices for these garments are a little higher than what you're used to for my merch. Uh, she wrote in a message uh, to her fans. Uh, she said, your garment is a bit better for the planet than most new stuff. And that's what you're paying extra for. Tight. Thanks for understanding. <laughs> uh, I mean, I certainly would feel better about, you know, spending the extra $10 knowing that. Yeah, I mean, you're already spending, fans are already conditioned to spend 50 bucks for a concert tee or yeah. whatever it is. So you know, $45 for one of these t-shirts is really not outside the, the ballpark of what you know, you'd normally expect. 55 bucks for a long sleeve tee. Hoodies are 125 to 145, which is definitely steep for a hoodie. It's but, steep, but it's not, I mean, in this current climate, it's not that absurd, you know? Sure. And, you know, you, you've got the, the impact behind it and the, the good that it's doing and, um, you know, just just a cool thing overall. Yep. Um, all right. That's that's all I got. Uh, you want to get into anything else before we hit the interview here? No, I think that was a real nice segue into this. Cool. All right. Let's go. Here's our interview with uh, Miles and Kyle from Fluid Branding. Kyle, Miles, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. Do you want to just start off with some introductions and background on yourselves and your company? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll get started. So, hi, yeah, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Miles Lovegrove, and I'm the managing director and one of the original founders of Fluid Branding. Um, Fluid is a, is a specialist in branded merchandise, um, but that's really just a result of of what we say, like how and why we do things at Fluid. We like to say that actually we're, we're more than just merchandise. And what I mean by that is... Um, we actually want our merchandise to mean something to our clients and also what you know those products say about their brand. And we also definitely want to work with like-minded suppliers and clients to deliver change within our industry to be definitely more sustainable for the future. 
And, and finally, we, we also want to inspire exceptional people, ultimately our team, you know, to deliver great ideas, to challenge each other, to push each other, to really do better every single day. So that's our sort of ethos and our mantra about how we operate as an organization. Um, some sort of basic bits and pieces, you know, the, the company was set up back in 2006 um, and we're now one of the, the largest suppliers of branded merchandise in Europe. Um, we have over, have over 100 staff and we're present now in five European countries. And hi guys, just a brief intro from myself. I'm Kyle Scott, the Director of Strategy here at Fluid Branding, overseeing the strategic direction of our business. I mainly uh, manage our merchandise stores function, but also head up our M&A activities here in Europe. So a tree with every order. What exactly is this program? You know, how does it work and how did the idea all come about? I mean, this is really what we wanted to, to talk to you guys about. I saw it on, uh, on LinkedIn. Kyle, you posted, I thought it was just the, one of the coolest things that I've seen in the industry in a while. So I really wanted to, to get you guys on to talk about it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of answer that. I mean, sort of simply put, you know, we plant a tree with every customer order that we receive. You know, so Fluid has, has actually partnered up with a company called Ecology. Um, they're an environmental organization that facilitates this tree planting um, and also facilitates reforestation projects um, around the world um, and in places that make a real difference as well. So we actually launched the, 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 the new campaign in August of this year. So we've literally just started. But every order that we receive will result in a, you know, a tree ultimately being planted on the customer's behalf. So those trees are planted in real world destinations um, and basically at various different locations that are all managed by ecology. And also in partnership with a company called the Eden Reforestation Projects. So the locations of these specific ones that, you know, the locations where our trees are being planted are in Madagascar, um, Mozambique and Nicaragua. But they've got lots of other locations that they, they plant trees in as well. Um, and then what happens is, is there's digital representations of every single real tree, real world tree that we plant. Um, and then that's shown in our fluid forest online and it's also shown on the ecology website as well. And we email all that information over to the customer so they can actually see where those trees are planted and, and what projects it's gone towards. Um, so, you know, this idea really came about as a way of furthering our commitments to sustainability. We are a very sort of sustainability focused organization and it really works alongside our commitment to becoming carbon net zero by 2030. So, you know, at, at Fluid, we, we definitely try and think beyond profit. You know, we're trying to promise to be a responsible company, and this is all part of that. Um, a few years back, we certified as a B Corporation. Um, so we're 100% dedicated to finding ways to do things better, you know, for our people and for our planet. And, and that's really where the idea came from. Um, it was it was spearheaded actually by our Fluid Futures group. Um, it's a group of, um, it's an internal team basically, and they're dedicated to looking at the impact on the environment and how we can improve that as a company. So um, this, you know, our, our particular fluid forest is actually responsibly planted within the help of the, the Eden reforestation projects. Um, and they ensure that those projects then have a sort of a positive human impact as well as a positive environmental impact as well. So they do things like they hire and train local people to plant the new trees and they plant native species of those trees as well. Um, and they ensure that the survival rate is high. I think the survival rate for, for our particular trees is 80 percent. So that, that's really, you know, where the idea came from and, and, you know, the sort of the basics of how the actual whole scheme works. So this is pretty new. You launched this on August 1st of this year. What have the results been like so far? Uh, well, it's, it's again, it, it's very, very new. So um, really the only way of answering that is that, you know, Fluid, we've, we've just started out on this journey. You know, to date, we've, we've planted only a very small number of trees. We have 500 trees now in our sort of growing fluid forest. But 
since they began to give you a bit of context behind it, the, the Eden reforestation projects, they've, they've planted over 580 million trees around the world now, you know, then, and like I said, lots, lots of other places um, where our projects aren't located, but they're, they're also been planting in Kenya and Central America and Ethiopia and Nepal. So they're all over the place. Now, we suspect that we'll plant in, ex in a, probably in excess of around about 3,000 trees a month. Um, and as the company grows, obviously that number will grow. Um, so, you know, we've committed to doing that for our, on our customers' behalf, but we've also committed to planting trees to offset any carbon emissions that are created by our team members themselves. So in their personal lives and in their professional lives, they'll, they'll generate carbon emissions by just doing things, traveling around. So um, we're actually planting trees to offset that as well. So we have a, a climate positive workforce. And, and, our, and our goal as an organization actually is to plant a million trees. You know, that's where we're heading towards and that's what we want to try and achieve. So we, we really are very much at the beginning of the journey. And, and it's through this partnership with Ecology and, you know, through this initiative that will help reduce carbon pollution. It will help, you know, creating employment for local families and local communities where we're looking to restore wildlife um, habitats as well. And all of that helps us to accelerate this whole idea of being a more sustainable business and, and creating a more sustainable future as well. We, we, we have had good feedback from customers. You know, there's been some really positive online reviews from customers and people really appreciating our efforts. Um, but I think what, what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, through the work of Ecology and the Eden Reforestation Projects, they're ensuring that, you know, that there's benefits to the local population, they're ensuring that on our behalf. So what's, um, where things are linked is that communities communities suffering from deforestation are often the, exactly the same communities that suffer in extreme poverty so it's essential to be committed to and work alongside you know the local villages and the communities to achieve you know a, a reforestation project that's going to be long-standing and, and really you know um, have a, a, a big impact so um, you know that that's the route that we've kind of gone down the Eden reforestation project also utilizes this, this thing they called the um, employed to plant methodology, which really benefits the members of those local communities as well. And you've got to think about it this way, you know, if they've got steady employment, then people living in those, you know, extreme, in extreme poverty can actually afford to do, you know, just the daily necessities that we would take for granted, like food and shelter and clothing and medicine. So yeah, it's, um, it's very much, you know, we're, we're at the start of this and, um, you know, the results hopefully will be, will be great, but we're at the start of a journey and hopefully it'll be a really meaningful one, especially if we can get up to our goal of planting, you know, a million trees over, over the, over the years. And you know, it's, it's one thing to say we're planting a tree with every order, but it's another to do what you guys are doing, which is actually show the impact of what you're doing to show where these trees are going and who's planting them. And, and, you know, the attention to detail as far as you're planting native trees. So there's, there's a lot of thought that's behind this, a lot of, you know, clearly this was, was really well planned out with a, a focus on the, the bigger picture of it. Uh, how important was it for you guys to show the impact that way rather than just, you know, saying, hey, yeah, we're going to plant some trees? Yeah, I mean, that, that aspect is really, really important. So we did a load of work behind the scenes to really find the perfect partner for this, the perfect tree partner, because, when, you know, a lot of companies make various claims, but we wanted to make sure those claims stacked up. So we wanted a partner who was going to be transparent and who worked with us in a responsible way to ensuring that the projects were actually fulfilled, that they were going to reduce carbon pollution and that they were going to benefit habitats and create employment, all the things that they claimed we wanted to ensure happened. So um, we, you know, we went through quite a rigorous process of selecting the right partner first. Um, and also we, we wanted to maximize the sort of engagement of the scheme for our clients as well. You know, so our systems team and our marketing teams, you know, did an absolutely amazing job of, you know, making it virtual, but yet personal as well. And, that was the important side. So 
you know, our customers are able to see the exact locations of their trees, you know, what species we planted on their behalf, the age of the tree, um, along with the actual project that it's attached to as well. So they can read about it, um, they can see the actual specific project, and they can even go and visit, you know, these locations if they wanted to. So it's a really important part to, to ensure um, that, that it's transparent. And that's the key. It's all about transparency. You know, right now, um, trees are one of the best tools that we have, you know, around the world of removing carbon pollution from the atmosphere. Um, so we need to, to ensure that it, that it would work was being done in a, in a really sustainable way. It's interesting, actually, you know, as soon as you sort of tell people about this type of scheme, there's obviously, and rightly so, there's, there's questions over the integrity of it, you know, and how does it work and, and what does it do? And we've had questions like, you know, how do we know the trees are actually being planted? And how do we know the trees will still be there in 20 years time? And all that sort of stuff is really, really important. They're important questions to ask. And we, we did our research. We ensured that through the work with the Eden Reforestation and the work that they've done previously, that they were going to be doing exactly what they said and they were going to be planting trees and they were going to be looking being looked after. So that's a really important one to ensure that the customer is, is transparent. The customer can actually see the projects and see exactly what you know the trees have been planted for. Also, the other interesting one that we get is, you know, why don't we plant trees in the UK? <laughs> um, and it's uh, another question I'm regularly asked. Um, and obviously, the, the whole reforestation piece is important, you know, and that's why that those, you know, um, those new trees are actually planted in specific countries where um, deforestation has been a, a major issue in the past. Um, but it's also important about the actual tree that we plant. So as an example, um, mangrove trees, you know, they hold more carbon than lots of other species of tree. Um, and when they die um, within their roots, they're, they're actually compounded underneath the water and underneath the soil, which then holds the carbon in and is not released into the atmosphere once that tree dies. So again, you know, it's the tree that's important and the habitat of that tree to ensure that, you know, we're, we're doing something that's going to hold the most amount of carbon and be better for the environment. So, you know, it's things like that. Mango trees also, they protect the coastline. We've, we all know about the issues over rising water levels, you know, and they're going to protect the coastline from that. Um, and also, you know, essential habitats for wildlife. So it's, it's things like where the trees are actually located is, is really, really important. Um, but ultimately, to answer your question, it's about transparency, you know, and to explain how the trees are planted and the impact of that. Um, I think it's definitely been hugely documented recently that, we release about 51 million tonnes of carbon into the atmosphere every single year. And to stop global warming, we need to get that figure down to zero. You know, I, you know, think we, we know exactly what, you know, the, the impact of this is. And ultimately, planting trees is not going to solve the problem, you know, because we cannot physically plant enough trees to offset that amount of carbon that's generated every single year. And it's just such a huge problem. But we believe that even the smallest effort will help. You know, that's why we fly the flag for sustainable business. Um, but we also need other companies to be stepping up and doing their bit as well, because every small little bit helps. But again, transparency is the key, you know, and ensuring that we're showing the impact of our campaign efforts on an ongoing basis. So aside from the obvious environmental aspect here, uh, have you found that being a certified B Corp had a positive impact on your business? Like, do you have customers looking for you specifically because they want to work with a B Corp? Overwhelmingly, yes. Um, We've, we've got many customers who've reached out to us for that very reason. We're increasingly seeing brands wanting to work with suppliers whose values align with their very own. B Corp is definitely a great community to be a part of. As the first certified B Corp merchandise distributor in Europe, this demonstrates our leadership with the, within the industry from a sustainability perspective and our, in, and our independent thinking as an organization. It helps us give everyone an understanding of who we are as an organization and what we stand for. Our B Corp status has, 
and continues to help us attract and retain the best talent and clients. So to, to get into the bigger picture a bit, you know, we've covered in detail some of the, the public backlash against promotional products, that perception that the industry is wasteful or that swag just, you know, just ends up in the trash. I put air quotes around that. You know, is that something you guys considered when you were launching this program? And, and what are your feelings on that perception issue overall? I mean, how important is it for promo businesses to combat that on an individual level? It's very important for us to tackle this as an industry. Our vision is meaningful, meaningful merchandise, exceptional people, which means our merchandise consultants try to educate on more sustainable alternatives to throwaway items. We want our merchandise to be more than just giveaways and to make a lasting, meaningful impression on our clients and on their clients. Our CEO, Matt, used to chair the BPMA and used to sit on a number of European discussion panels he and Miles identified that the negative connotation is a key issue for our industry to tackle, and we wanted to tackle it head on as an organization. We all know that the nature of our industry involves producing tangible products, printing them, and then shipping them around the world, which in its very nature is bad for the environment. To combat this problem, we need to educate our teams and clients and ensure that they are way more targeted with their campaigns. As an industry, our competition is other marketing mediums such as digital advertising and print. We know that swag is one of the dirtiest advertising mediums, if not managed effectively. At Fluid, we provide ourselves on the training and we, that we give, our, give to our sales teams and ensure that they provide long-lasting, meaningful merchandise to their clients. Where we'd like to get to would be to create a grocery-style grading system. Uh, just like the food stores we have here in the UK, we'd like to see a grading system to be introduced based on the carbon emissions for manufacturing, printing and shipping a product. I'm not necessarily saying that we all need to turn into tree huggers overnight, but with a little more consideration, we can dramatically reduce the waste that our industry creates. We know that many of our clients are under financial pressures to get the cheapest possible price. Through education, we can ensure that clients buy fewer items, which are better quality increasing the length of the product cycle and effectively reducing our impact on the environment. Not all products need to be made from sustainable materials for them to be considered environmentally friendly. If we take, for example, a promo pen, if we choose to supply a similar price pen with similar characteristics, but it's got a larger ink cartridge, then effectively the, the pen will last longer and therefore is an eco-based alternative to a similar low-cost disposable pen. So with all that in mind, do you have any advice for distributors who might be looking to do something similar to the A True With Every Order program, or even just take some steps environmentally to be, or to be environmentally or socially responsible as part of their business? Where do you start? Um, yeah, I'll answer that. I think it, the key is, is definitely to include it in your top-level strategic aims, I think. You know, making it part of the your company ethos, making it part of your DNA. Um, you know, our B Corporation, um, but being part of that, it talks about people, planet and profits. And I completely get those values. You know, you've got to focus on the people. I'm talking about the team, the clients and suppliers. And you've also got to focus on the planet. So the environment that we're working in, the community, the world around us. And now I totally believe that, you know, the sort of profits will follow after that. So it cannot be a marketing campaign or just an HR function. It needs to run through your whole business and, and your people as well. I mentioned right at the beginning that, you know, we want to be more than just merchandise. And the way that we do that is we support it by three internal groups that we call our three pillars. 
and there are there are fluid friends, our fluid family, and our fluid futures. Um, so the fluid friends is all about sort of supporting, you know, the our, who we call our friends, which is our clients and our suppliers. And what we do is we align ourselves with partners with the same um, concepts and same values as us, um, who want to, you know, look at support and equal friendships. And we build those long-term relationships. And we focus on loyalty. We focus on always doing the right thing as a company, and that we totally believe will sustain us in the long term and sustain that that growth as well. Um, and the fluid family is all about our team. You know, we want to recruit and develop exceptional people. And he definitely bring the highest level of branding ideas and creative design for our customers. Um, and we want to really support individuals who can look after our clients' feelings, you know, and actually deliver high quality, compliant and innovative merchandise as well. And then, and then finally, the fluid futures, which I, I, I mentioned and touched upon earlier. And um, that group, their real focus is on Profit Plus. Um, and we do that through reaching out into our industry and our community to improve every aspect of the manufacturing process. It's so important. You know, we, it's about creating sustainable ways of working that will ultimately change our industry for the better. And Carl mentioned, you know, it, promotional products can be seen as quite dirty, they're ending up in the bin. Well, we need to have a look at that. We need to look at how we, how we can change that for, for the future. Yeah, so we, we're not just planting trees. You know, uh, we've committed to um, being carbon net zero by 2030. Our headquarters now is powered by solar panels and any balance on the power comes from renewable energies. We've, um, we've now committed to investing in solar and wind farms, which are producing clean energy right now. We've also launched, launched the electric vehicle scheme for our team members. And as I mentioned, we, you know, we now have a climate positive workforce through these offsetting campaigns. Um, I think some further advice on top of that is, is also definitely to get audited as well. You know, you need to come up with these, these schemes and these policies to make sure it's kind of in line with who you are as a business, but get audited, you know, and it helps them to set some clear targets for improvements. Within the UK, we're um, ISO 14001, um, which is an environmental, environmental accreditation. And we're also silver rated EcoVardis member. And that focuses on business sustainable um, sustainability ratings within Europe. Um, and then, of course, our B Corporation accreditation. We have targets in place um, for hitting net zero by 2030. And all of that then, you know, sets out some science-based reduction targets um, to ensure that we're staying on track. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's important to be able to set some targets out and, and make sure that you're being audited to ensure you're, you, yeah, you're ultimately staying on track for it. Um, so, yeah, so my advice is, firstly, number one, start with the why. You know, why is sustainability good for your business? what you know and what the values that drive that um, and then you can figure out the how you know how you should implement your strategic aims and you know ensure that you're going to achieve your goals and then finally you know do the audit piece you know that that should be a, um, a rubber stamping exercise but it should ultimately feed through from you know the company and who you are and, and the ethos that you have um, and, so, and that will ultimately just you know, keep you on track and keep those improvements on track. Guys, this has been tremendous. I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know you've been on a marathon of Zoom calls uh, the last <laughs> couple of days. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we let you guys go? Yeah, sure. So I'd just like to reinforce that we're very open and transparent as an organization, and we definitely want to help our industry make positive changes. We're open to partnering with any U.S. promo business who's perhaps looking for advice on how to become a B Corp. Um, how to do sustainable business, or even if they just need assistance in doing business over here in Europe, we'd love to help. All right. Well, with that, we'll let you guys get back to your day. We really appreciate you uh, joining the show and we'll, we'll catch up with you a little later on and we'll see where uh, things have gone and, and if you've, if how close you are to that million mark. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having us on the show, guys. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much. 
what's more punk than the promo marketing podcast? That's, I can't think get, of a single we thing. Should get, we should get t-shirts that say that. Um, oh my God, I would actually really love that. I think we're doing it. <laughs> uh, but that about does it for this episode. If, if you guys like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Uh, be sure to subscribe on our website, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, for Brendan Menapace, I am Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. <laughs>